the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, 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 here we are again on a Friday. How did that happen? I don't know. I guess it's between a Thursday and a Saturday. Hello, my friends. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. A, a lot of you, a lot of you have been very active before the show started today, and I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here and, and being alongside for the show today. Um, lots going on, as seems to happen every day. And yes, we will get to John McCain and his very dramatic Game of Thrones thumbs down voting in the Senate last night. <laughs> Gee, but I have other things to cover this this story that's just breaking the last 30 minutes that the North Koreans launched yet another ballistic missile. Number 17, if you're keeping track, if you've got your uh, program and your scorecards handy, that's number 17 for Kim Jong-un, more than his daddy and his granddaddy even thought about launching. So um, what are we doing? What are we doing? What should we be doing? Is, is this certainly a more serious topic than the possibility of Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars. Of course it is. Of course it is. And it's something we should be paying a whole lot of attention to. Really. So we'll, we'll get into that. I, I'd love to hear what you guys think today. Open topics today. We will address anything. Anything you want. And um, I don't know if you tuned into Glenn Beck, but if you did and you heard that um, he's got this guy he has on now, it seems like every Friday this O'Reilly guy calls and they have a conversation. And O'Reilly said basically what, what I thought last night, and that is the, the McCain vote that killed the latest effort to repeal Obamacare. That vote was the result of something that happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That was um, that was the result of of uh, something that Donald Trump said. It was it was his own undoing. He he caused it himself. I don't think it had anything to do with anybody other than Donald Trump. And I go back to the quote during the campaign. This was it. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war Five hero. Five and a half years. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. Do you He's agree with that? He's a war hero because he was captured. John McCain. John McCain was the reference to that Donald Trump mini rant. Did you forget it? Did you forget that? Once again. 13 seconds of uh, audio gold from history. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war Five hero. And a half years He's a war PSW hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. Do you He's agree with that? He's a war hero because he was captured. So no matter what you think of John McCain's vote last night, 
No denying that John McCain flew more than 20 missions over North Vietnam and was shot down and then had to eject from his fighter jet. And because of that, he broke both of his shoulders and one of his legs. He landed in the the Hanoi River or lake uh, in, in Hanoi. And they captured him, put him in a POW camp. Five and a half years, almost six years in a POW camp. Had the chance to get out, said, no, I'm going to stay with my men. His rank and privilege, his family would have given him the right to get out. John McCain said, no, I'm going to stay. Five and a half years. Can you imagine? Can you imagine going five days without your precious smartphone? John McCain went five and a half years without his freedom. Tortured, locked up. And the whole time I'm betting John McCain was plotting his response or his revenge. So a year later, a year later, John McCain plots his revenge. See, I believe this. I believe this This is the reason. I, I, I know that Lindsey Graham and McCain and a couple others stood up last night well before the vote and said, Here, here's why we're nervous about passing the skinny, the skinny repeal. Because we don't know if the House will just advance it out of conference right into approval. And they didn't want to do that, they said. I think all along McCain knew what he was going to do. And I think this was a giant finger in the eye of the president. I firmly believe it. You may not. Glenn may not. But I believe it. And that that gentleman that Glenn has on, that O'Reilly fellow that he has on, he believes it too. You heard him say it. I think at the end of the day, it is personal. I think at the end of the day, it is about somebody saying, oh, yeah. So I, John McCain has the patience. He survived five and a half years in a POW camp. He can wait a year. He can lay in the cut and then deliver the punch. And let's face it, it was a punch. A punch to the administration, a punch to the agenda, a punch to all of us. Look, I want Obamacare gone, too. I also don't know if they're ever going to be able to do it, because let's face it, Obamacare was built brilliantly to put roots down in every portion of the government, so it'd be almost impossible to dig it up. John McCain war hero john mccain a guy i have not agreed with but i will tell you this what he did last night you have to you have to respect the strategy because he certainly crafted the entire thing to be dramatic and all brought down to him 80 years old with a giant scar on his on his head as he's recovering from surgery to, surgery to remove that tumor. What is it, two weeks now? Three weeks since he's, he got his brain cut open? My God. This is the stuff out of soap operas. Back from the operating table, flying back in, rescues the, the, the bill from uh, early death a couple days ago, only to engage the dialogue and the debate for 20 hours, and then at midnight, in dramatic fashion, 
he walks in, gets the attention of who's ever counting the votes with Mitch McConnell in sight. He puts the thumb down, effectively killing the GOP's effort to remove Obamacare and maybe, maybe begin the process of replacing it. You have to understand, this is epic stuff. You don't have to agree with it. But this was McCain. This was, they're calling it the McCain moment, right? I don't think this had anything to do with health care reform. And I do think they're still able to do something. But I think this was John McCain saying to the guy who's come in and run completely all over the usual order, or regular order, as he said, in the House and the Senate. Trump has come in and upset everyone's apple cart. And this is John McCain saying, no, we're taking it back. This is the old guard against the new political guard. Now, we're the ones who ultimately pay the price because guess what? Nothing's getting done. Nothing, absolutely nothing is getting done. And uh, trust me, I don't think we're going to see a tax cut. Now, Ted Cruz and Rand Paul both made statements talking about uh, going forward and making, making things better and, and getting back to uh, not just regular order, but getting back to actually doing some business. I don't know how. I really don't know how. I'm going to step aside uh, because um, I'm anticipating a call from Representative Mo Brooks from Alabama. I think he's um, I think he's got a couple things to say. And we talked about him yesterday and I want to give him an attaboy for what what he offered up and what he's trying to do to help Jeff Sessions. So uh, let's break early and see if we come back with uh, Representative Mo Brooks, Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Uh, you can join the conversation too. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Your Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Friday. I'm Pure Opelka, and I'm very appreciative of the fact that um, this next guest has found a little bit of time to talk to us. Representative Mo Brooks from the 5th District in Alabama, a, a state I enjoyed because I've had family in Alabama for years, and so I'm, I'm pleased to, to get to talk to this guy. We were saying... Uh, how proud we were of what you offered to do uh, yesterday, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Congressman, Mr. Mo Brooks. Welcome to the show, first of all. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine. A little bit frustrated that the Senate can't seem to do its job, uh, as promised to the American people. But, hey, you've got Mitch McConnell in control. What do you expect? Yeah, that's a, that's a big point. I think a lot of us uh, we're very, um, very frustrated as, as many of you in the house who got your job done 
And at least we're hoping to get something out of the Senate to get to a reconciliation and maybe do something. Uh, do you buy any of the statement that was made last night that there were many who were concerned that you guys would just move that skinny repeal into law and that that wasn't going to be good enough for the Senate? Is that was that a legitimate fear? Well, I mean, think about the argument that was made by some senators. In effect, our bill is so bad in the United States Senate that we don't want to pass it out of fear that the House might agree and pass it. <laughs> I mean, really? I would have thought that their job was to come up with the best bill they could to address Obamacare and the issues we face. But instead, they come up with something so bad that they don't even want the House of Representatives to pass it. That is an incredible statement to me of incompetence. Yeah, it certainly was obvious to me that they weren't ready and frustrating to those of us out here who've been suffering under Obamacare. My doctor retired because he couldn't deal with it. So I lost a great doctor and the cost rising. All of us out here are feeling the pain. I'm sure your your constituents are as well. So it's got to be really frustrating. Is there any hope going forward? Is there any chance to do something in the future? Or is this thing effectively dead? Well, let's revisit what happened in the House. We had um, House leadership legislation that, quite frankly, was not very good. And it, and for a while there, it looked like all hope was lost. But then uh, the House Freedom Caucus, uh, Jim Jordan, Mark Meadows, uh, we were able to cobble together some principles that were enabled us to get the 217 votes needed to pass it in the House of Representatives to send it to the Senate. So there is some degree of hope, but I'm concerned that Mitch McConnell says, let's move on to the next issue, that he just wants to quit. Well, if he wants to quit, well, why not go out and just quit his House, excuse me, his Senate leadership position and see if we can get in some new, bold, uh, conservative leadership and let them have a crack at doing the job. Uh, but now's not the time to quit when you've got American families that are suffering, say, in the state of Alabama. Our insurance premiums uh, for health care have tripled tripled in just four Hmm. years under Obamacare, up 223%. We can't afford that kind of increase. We need relief. We're not a wealthy state. And I'm very discouraged that Mitch McConnell thinks that quitting is an option. You know, there's an old adage uh, that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, again, it's time for Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans to get going, uh, to not be weak, but instead be strong. And if, again, they can't do it, they shouldn't be in the United States Senate. It's not an easy job. We've got major issues to face, and some of them are going to be complicated and hard to resolve. Quite frankly, they need to stay in Washington until they get this fixed. You well, get they're not going to staying here in Washington instead of going on vacations or, or recessing during the month of August. He'd be surprised what kind of work they can get done. If nothing well, else, I would be some of uh, President Trump's nominees. I would be surprised if they got any work done. Now, it, it, it was a strange night last night. I thought Mitch McConnell almost started crying when this went down. Uh, it, it just felt very bizarre to me. I almost yelled, there's no crying in the Senate. But, you know, my TV doesn't hear me. It just gets frustrated. Uh, Congressman, uh, can, can we pivot to the other, the other issue, the, um, the session story where you, you have... Yeah. You have said that you would like to be considered to to jump in that primary and, and maybe be considered to be the candidate to replace Jeff Sessions in the open seat. But it looks like it sure feels like the president's trying to push him out. 
from me. And uh, I, I think what you're saying here, where you've offered, if all of the other nine GOP candidates will drop out of the primary, that that will clear the path for Jeff Sessions. Where does that stand? Well, I drafted an agreement, and I signed it. So I'm committed to the principle that if Jeff Sessions wants to return to the Senate, if he's fired by Donald Trump or forced out by Donald Trump, that he can go back to the Senate where he was a great senator. And so I've signed a document that if the other eight Republican candidates will agree, then we all would withdraw from the race simultaneously so that there's no trust issue. All of us do it at the exact same moment. Now, that opens up a vacancy. And under Alabama law, the Alabama Republican Party could then fill that vacancy by appointing someone to be the Republican nominee for the Senate seat. And logically, that someone would be Jeff Sessions. He's done a great job as a United States senator, as a former attorney general for the state of Alabama, and is doing a very good job as the current attorney general for the United States. But if there's a difference of opinion between Jeff Sessions and his employer, Donald Trump, about the quality of the work that Jeff Sessions is doing, fine. I'm trying to give him a lifeline. And I'm, I'm, I'd be happy as could be if we could get Jeff Sessions back in the United States Senate be some sacrifice on my part because I've been dedicated to this primary now that is only about two and a half weeks away, August the 15th. But I'd be willing to sacrifice that opportunity to serve in the United States Senate if we had a guarantee that instead it would be Jeff Sessions with his 20 years in seniority and with his wonderful record on issues like border security and illegal aliens, on trade agreements, on deficit and debt. Well, Congressman Brooks, this is Mo Brooks on the phone with us. He's given us a little bit of time here before he's got to get back to work or, or try and catch a plane to get home. Uh, Congressman, has has uh, Jeff Sessions said anything to you about this proposal? Have you heard from him? Does he know about it? No, I intentionally did not call Jeff Sessions because I did not want to put him in a difficult or perhaps compromising situation. I'm pretty sure that Jeff Sessions has heard about it. He's made no public comment. I'm not going to call him up. Uh, but if, again, there are nine of us on the ballot, if we all agree to withdraw, then Jeff Sessions will be our nominee. He's, Jeff Sessions is extremely prop- popular, and I think he would win that Senate seat back in a heartbeat. And the alternative, uh, two will make a runoff. That hmm. means between the time of the primary to the time of the runoff, it only takes two signatures to agree to put Jeff Sessions back in as United States Senator. So if let's let's play the what if game because I'm guessing you haven't heard from the eight other candidates. Um, we get only to, Luther Strange seems the only Luther Strange McConnell's boy uh, thinks that he's better than Jeff Sessions would be, and hmm. I don't think the public would agree with that. Uh, by way of example, Jeff Sessions comes immediately with 20 years of seniority, and that's huge in the Senate. That controls your committee assignments. It controls your chairmanships. Sure does. Um, And none of us nine who are running for this seat would have that kind of seniority until the year 2037, 20 years from now. Well, that's it's a it's a gracious match. It's a gracious and generous offer. And it's one that also makes sense. So, uh, Mo Brooks, I I certainly I tip my cap to you, sir. I'm I'm up against a hard wall on a break. And I want to say thank you for the work you do and for for having principles and, and to bring up a very. Uh, beautiful idea like this. I hope it comes through. Well, hopefully it will, but uh, better yet, 
maybe Jeff Sessions and Donald Trump can work out their disagreements and Jeff Sessions can stay on as attorney general. And then you'll end up being the senator. That's a good deal. Well, that's up to the voters. Mitch we'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I need your help on this one. I have um, I have almost no experience in this, and if I did have experience in in this next topic, uh, it happened so long ago that I've forgotten about it. Where am I going? They're all wondering where I'm going. This story, uh, first of all, I'm wondering, I'm wondering, is it Bravo Sierra? I don't think so. And maybe somebody can tell me if, if this, if this is real or is this just, <laughs> I, I'm turning a little red thinking about it, but I wonder how outraged you would be. You go to a bake sale. Your kid's school's having a bake sale. Raise money so they can get new crayons or new supplies. Because we all know schools don't get enough money. The teachers often dip into their own pockets to pay for school supplies for the kids. So schools have bake sales. For whatever reason. Maybe it's to send the band to D.C. for some parade or something. One mom made brownies, brought it to school. There was a, there was a different, a different uh, item in the brownie mix, you might say. Let's just say it was a, a natural, a natural addition to the recipe. And yet some people got very, very, very upset. Stop what you're thinking right now. It's not pot. There was no marijuana. There were no drugs. Well, maybe, maybe not, but there, there were no drugs in these brownies. But what was, what was making people scream, what is turning people off to school bake sales at this, this point? Apparently, this mom made brownies for the school bake sale and uh, didn't have time to run out to the store to get all the ingredients. 
And this mom happens to be nursing. Don't get ahead of me. Yes, mom used breast milk instead of regular milk to make the brownies. Let's repeat that. Mom uses breast milk instead of milk from a cow to make the brownies that she then baked and brought to her kids' school for the school bake sale. There apparently was an admission uh, by the mom at the school bake sale, but uh, the brownies had been sold and probably most of them had been consumed at the time. So where do we stand on this? So 888 Is this a problem? Is this a... Is this a, a violation of sorts? Is this some sort of uh, transgressing an unwritten law? Thou shalt not use personal breast milk in brownies you're going to bring to your kid's school? It seems to me that that might break some sort of code, some sort of unwritten code between yourself and the school, or let's just say everybody else. Now, I know there's a a bunch of people in the La Leche League who are all out there saying it's perfectly normal. It's perfectly healthy. It's perfect. It's nature's creation. Uh, Maybe, but I think it's nature's creation for your kid. It's nature's creation for you and your child. I I don't I've never seen this story. I didn't hit the. The big, uh, the big news outlets, uh, it's floating around on like mommy websites. So I guess it's a real deal. I reached out to the woman who posted the story under the um, Instagram or fa- under the Facebook name of Sanctamommy. Now, the moms are uh, responding in, in classic form. Uh, one woman, uh, Camilla response that says uh, this is the kind of people who are making breastfeeding sexual some idiots are comparing breast milk to uh, uh, let's just say other bodily fluids someone also referred to the breast milk as boob juice and said please keep it out of baked goods this is a term I didn't ever expect to use on the blaze radio I'm sorry Glenn if you happen to be listening today But I would love to know where you stand on this. Where do you stand on this? Is this a violation? I wish Dr. Jorge were around because I would be tempted to ask Dr. Jorge, is there there a problem with this? Is there an, uh, an inherent risk to anyone consuming breast milk that isn't part of uh, the mother and child connection? Apparently, the American Academy of Pediatrics has said uh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't share because maybe it'll cause infections in the children. But do we have to now do we have to write it out to say if you're going to bring if you're going to bring cookies and or brownies to the bake sale, please use normal ingredients. Please do not use any uh, homemade ingredients, as it were. Just a little, a little creepy to think that you might have to even say that. 
if, if, if I'm way off on this, anybody wants to call in and tell me this is, oh, it's perfectly normal. Well, the American Academy of Pediatrics seems to think it's not a good idea. And a bunch of folks have responded to this uh, story by saying they didn't think it was a good idea. I think if you're going to do it, you got to say so. You know, what's, what's next? You're going to have an ice cream social at the school and someone's going to have made uh, uh, breast milk ice cream. And we're going to have to deal with that. We've all heard the stories of the person who went into the refrigerator at the office and and grabbed the wrong package because there was no milk and used it in their coffee. But I think selling selling breast milk brownies kind of kind of steps over the line. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. Uh, the, I'll tweet out a link to the story so you can see it, so you don't think I'm making this up. But uh, I initially thought it was Bravo Sierra, but it appears to be appears to be very real. And again, my experience in this area is uh, decades, decades, decades ago, and I'm very unclear on it. It's very, very fuzzy. I, I don't even think I was uh, walking at the time. So let's just put it that way. Speaking of this topic, um. I'm pleased to announce that the city of Chicago, where where I grew up and the surrounding suburbs of Chicago land, let's just put it that way, are experiencing a baby boom. I don't know if you knew it, but Chicago is the all apparently all of the maternity wards are packed and overflowing with new babies in Chicago. And do the math. It's it's not. It's not nine months after Christmas or New Year's. There is a reason why Chicago is experiencing a baby boom. Anybody? Anybody got it figured out? No? What happened last October in Chicago? What happened? The Cubs won the World Series. After decades decades of not not ever first of all the cubs the last time they won the national league pennant was the same year we dropped the bomb on japan so forget about the world series because they didn't win it that year it's been so long that the city of chicago celebrated as you might expect couples celebrated the cubs victory and now nine months later the city of Chicago and the surrounding suburbs are experiencing a baby boom. Let's just say there were a lot of home runs hit that night after the Cubbies won. And now there is an entirely new farm team coming into the system. Let's just, if we're going to celebrate, which is great, I think that's great. I think good for you, Chicago. Good for you, the city of Chicago. I, I still love you despite your your troubles and your progressive leadership, which we hope will go away one day. The city of Chicago, you earned your celebration and you earned this baby boom. Let's just not start a brownie business in the next coming months. No natural brownies. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka will be back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Yeah, I tweeted out a link to the story that I was just talking about. Uh, the uh, the story about the mom who reportedly, allegedly used um, breast milk to make the the brownies that they took to the school bake sale. Just uh, just wondering, and and so many of you added some very interesting sidebars to this, wondering, as uh, Stacy Rippey did, the Duchess of Kofefe. Uh, she's just the Duchess now, I guess, uh, saying that there are nonprofit organizations who take mother's milk and donate it to others, but a form of sterilization occurs. So we've got pasteurized mother's milk. Doesn't that kill all the natural stuff that's supposed to be good in in the milk? Stacy also says she'd be interested in seeing a nutritional breakdown of, quote, natural brownies versus the... <laughs> Pre-packaged, mass-produced brownies. Yeah, that's a good question. And a zoo guy, zoo nine guy wonders, will this mom be locked up for illegal distribution of raw milk? Yeah, that's a very interesting question because we often hear that uh, people like in the Amish area will get nailed for um, using unpasteurized milk in certain things. A very interesting story. I'm just curious about it. Very curious about it. So I wrote to my brother, Frank, who is a doctor, who is um, probably probably able to answer this. Uh, he answers just about everything. So I'm, I'm wondering if we may get an answer before we end the hour. Also, coming up today, uh, a little bit later, Billy Hallowell. He's going to start joining us every Friday for uh, Faith Lift Fridays to try and give us um, just a a little more of an uplifting perspective and a thoughtful perspective. Not that I'm not thoughtful, but I, you know, I just, Billy's out there. Billy's in the, in that market every day. And, um, I have a vital question of the day that I posted as well. Very early this morning, I was, I was watching the Scaramucci discussions happen. I was watching all of the, all of the quotes from Ryan Lizza about his interview with Scaramucci. And while I am a total supporter of free speech, I do think that just because you can doesn't mean you should. I don't think you'd go into church and start cursing like a sailor if you wanted to respect that space. I, I just think that's, that's wrong. So for Scaramucci to say the things he said to a reporter... And then kind of play dumb about it and say, oh, well, you know, I use that language. I guess I'll learn. Sorry, sir. You weren't born yesterday. You're not a 13-year-old. You knew exactly what you were doing. You knew what you were, the, the, the bombs you were dropping. Now he's taking the better not to comment angle on things. The damage is already done. The dam is already broken, sir. But the vital question of the day, which is posted on my Twitter account, at StuntBrain, asks the question, and it also gives you a little bit of a preamble. I support free speech, but also bristle at Scaramucci's coarse language. Do you approve of the press secretary's vulgarities? Currently, 38% of you say yes, no limits on speech. 48% of you say no, set an example. 
And 14% of you can't effing decide. And that's actually the answer that I put on there. You're welcome. It's meant to be a little bit of funny. I would love for you to uh, engage in the poll and participate. I'd love for you to weigh in. I'd love for you to, uh, on Twitter, share the poll because I think it's an important question for us to ask. Is everything okay everywhere? No. But the F word and and the other words he used and the, the disgusting insult he threw at Steve Bannon, I'm sorry, it's beneath the office. And probably if, if that happened on the schoolyard, if that same discussion happened on the schoolyard, would result in some physical altercation. And you know that CNN was eating it up. As a matter of fact, I... I I turned on I turned on CNN last night, and uh, they couldn't wait to banner that Scaramucci statement. And what do we hear today? Scaramucci, Priebus, and the president, all on Air Force One. Speaking of which, wasn't that the movie where Harrison Ford threw the guy out of the back of the plane? Get off my plane! I'm not saying that's going to happen to either Scaramucci or Priebus. I'm I'm not speculating on that. I'm just saying. Priebus and Scaramucci and Trump on Air Force One, and I immediately flashed to the movie Air Force One. Life imitating art? Perhaps. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.